T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Beamer with you for another 52 minutes here on, I already said WBEN. Um, it, we did mark, are we, yeah, we did mark the president's first year in office this week, and he gave a two-hour press conference. That and much more going on in Washington, D.C., so let's welcome Congressman Chris Jacobs for the first time in 2022. Congressman, good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, Congressman, it, very, uh, a lot of stuff has gone on in the last year. Uh, what would you say on the president's first year in office? Well, I, from his press conference, he, he stated that he thought he overperformed. Uh, I felt like, wow, what would underperforming be? <laughs> this was, uh, by any objective indicator, uh, uh, a complete underperformance. And uh, I, I don't think there's been a first year that's done more damage uh, to a, a, a nation as, as this uh, first year. Uh, we have uh, the highest inflation rate uh, that we have had since, I think, 1982, uh, and that's coming off when we our inflation rate was very, very low before that. Uh, uh, we have a, a utter crisis at the southern border, uh, 2 million illegal entries that we know of in this year, and uh, now we are experiencing a crime wave uh, that we've never seen um, in, in at least several decades in, in urban areas throughout the, uh, throughout the country. And now, you know, we had the disaster of the Afghanistan uh, uh, withdrawal and the weakness that was shown there by uh, the lack of leadership on the president's part of leaving Americans behind, leaving allies behind, uh, freeing terrorists, known terrorists that are going back and actually, I think, contribute to the killing in Afghanistan. And that, uh, that lack of leadership and strength, as I believe, directly related to the problems we're having and experiencing right now, being on the cusp of uh, an invasion of, of Russia into the Ukraine, which would be uh, the most significant invasion of a sovereign nation since World War II in Europe. So, uh, I, you know, on and on and on, uh, we, we have a crisis of leadership, a lack of leadership, uh, and um, I, I believe the Biden administration has been led around by the nose by the radical leftists that uh, are really dominating the Democratic Party. And, uh, you know, politically, it's good for us, but I think for the nation, it's terrible. I hope there's a wake up um, by the Biden administration and others to stop listening to them and stop letting them dictate the agenda that the uh, American people are not embracing this. And, and that includes uh, 
Democrats um, and um, certainly independents and other Republicans are not with them. They haven't been for a while. So uh, uh, we, we have a major need for a reset. Uh, I have not seen it yet, uh, and I don't know if I will. On top of all that, you know, this week he was also accused of uh, quite divisive language by some of your colleagues in Congress. What do you think of, of the president who, when he took over, he, he promised he was going to unify the country? Uh, what would you say a, a year in he's done to do that or uh, to divide the country? No, I, I you know, I, I've said that. I, I attended the president's uh, inauguration and uh, I. I came out and said, you know, I, I hope he means what he says in terms of being a unifier, tone down the rhetoric. Uh, he's done the exact opposite. And, uh, yeah, he, I, I mean, his, his remarks, and uh, I think referring to his Georgia remarks, uh, uh, when he pushed the uh, voting rights ruse, which everyone knew that was not going anywhere. It was just a political optics to di- divert for the failures that he's had. But, um I mean, even Democrats, some Democrats, uh, uh, you know, commented that it was so uh, out of bounds. So, again, he just seems to be that's the playbook. Uh, when in doubt, call everybody uh, racist, call everybody uh, this and that. Um, and it's very unproductive. And we need, you know, we need a unifier right now. We have big challenges uh, here and abroad. And uh, we are just not seeing that. Um, by, by this president. It's very unfortunate. Uh, you know, we're focused in the Congress to continue to push against policies promoted by Nancy Pelosi and Joe, and Joe Biden. Uh, I believe that we are going to um, get the majority back in the House, uh, and I believe we will be uh, um, at a minimum uh, firewall uh, to stop this, uh, the, the radical agenda, uh, the, you know, the Build Back Better plan, the Build Back Broke, as we call it, that uh, imploded thanks to uh, the likes of um, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, who uh, stood up against their party and said, you know, look, we're Democrats, but we're not with you guys. You guys are crazy. So, um, you know, that blew up, and that's why they ran off and tried to resurrect the voting uh, uh, charade. But everyone knew, I mean, Joe, as Joe Biden was walking up to try to get a deal done in, in the Senate, Kristen Cinema was saying, we're not undoing the, the filibuster. And Joe Biden, for 30 years, you were seeing why this was such an important thing, and now you want to undo it. So it's all politics. It's very divisive. It's not productive. Um, I, just hope, I just hope maybe there's a wake-up there on his end. I don't think there will be, unfortunately, in the new year. What are your thoughts on the voter reform that he uh, was trying to get passed? And in the press conference, when asked about the voter reform, he said that he, w- you know, he would have doubts in the 2022 election. Uh, that language sounds very familiar to something that was said, you know, a year ago by the former president, uh, which Joe Biden obviously went after him and said that that was uh, wrong. It-, it seems like he's repeating the playbook that he said was un-American. Yes, exactly. That was an outrageous statement. Uh, it, it, again, as I said, the political uh, games and optics here. Going to Georgia, look, I mean, Georgia has much more uh, access uh, to voting, early voting, mail-in voting, far more than Joe Biden's home state. But Joe Biden has never said anything about you know Delaware needing a reform. So uh, this is just uh, this is again political optics. I'll also say uh, that, uh, you know, I believe the Constitution clearly states that um, uh, that that voting is uh, the state's domain uh, and for the federal government to take it over 
um, I, I believe is, is const- inconsistent with the Constitution and not good. Uh, I also would say that, uh, you know, it would do things such as prohibit uh, uh, states from having voter ID. Voter ID is very popular with both sides of the aisle. It, it's, people believe it's very reasonable. We have to show ID for almost everything we do, um, here, uh, but yet there's no requirement for identification to exercise your franchise. I think that's, that's it's just not embraced by the, the majority of the people in the United States on both, both, both sides of the aisle. I also say, uh, you know, it's, I, I believe it's something like a six-to-one uh, taxpayer-funded matching so if this was in, uh, I, I quantified it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi would probably, if she's raising the money, the clip she's running and not raising right now, she would get about $22 million uh, in matching funds, uh, federal matching funds. So I don't think anybody thinks Nancy Pelosi should be getting taxpayer assistance uh, to enrich her uh, political coffers anymore. So, you know, even the policies that they have in there, uh, one of the reasons it's not going anywhere is it's not embraced by the majority of the people. So uh, I think that uh, states are doing doing their thing. Uh, people are making adjustments. Uh, but and, and I agree, it, it was a very outrageous statement that, that he made. And then, of course, you know, his press secretary stepped it back and tried to cover it up and, and, and make excuses for it that he didn't mean to say what he really said. Um, you know, he said some outrageous things, too, in that press conference, which I think are very dangerous regarding Ukraine, that, you know, we would accept a minor incursion into the Ukraine. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, th- these are just really disturbing. And um, I, I, you know, if, yes, you're right. If it was a- another president from another party, I think uh, the, the national media would be all over this. But it's just a blip on the screen, unfortunately, because the mainstream media just does not do their job as they used to. And you know that that UK Ukraine Russia is uh, is all the topic uh, of the weekend um, on all the uh, Sunday morning shows, uh, Congressman. Where, where you stand right now, uh, from what you know, what is the likelihood, and, and what do you fear could happen in you in the Ukraine in the coming weeks? Yeah, I, you know, I rely on you know, people I respect that know foreign policy and military activity uh, much much more than me, like Dan Crenshaw and uh, some other veterans that I have the honor of serving with. Uh, a couple things. Um, I, I think that it's, it, it, it's very likely uh, about 100,000 troops, Russian troops, are in, uh, at very parts of, around uh, the, the nation of Ukraine. Uh, also, it's, uh, it was pointed out to me, it's not just the number of troops, it's the type of troops. These are troops that are trained specifically to occupy nations. They are trained to be occupying forces. Uh, also, a lot of um, cyber warfare has been going on to undermine uh, the, the cyber in- infrastructure in the Ukraine. That's another uh, uh, precursor to an invasion. They did that before when they tried it in uh, Crimea and, uh, and before in Ukraine. So uh, it's looking highly likely, and, and Joe Biden said it. Um, you know, unfortunately, all these actions, the Biden administration seems to be starting to do things, but it's so late in the game. Uh, you know, you need to do this early on. And again, I will go back to Afghanistan. Um, you know, his words really don't resonate with people anymore uh, in the international space. It's the actions, and they've seen the actions and the actions of weakness. And what he did, he left Americans behind. He let terrorists out of jail. He gave 
billions of dollars of military, U.S. military infrastructure to the Taliban. All these things is is what people in uh, Russia and China and other and Iran are saying. This guy's not serious. He's going to let us do whatever we want to do, and we might say a few things, but there'll be no consequences. That's what we're seeing. Uh, this is really dangerous, really dangerous times, uh, and uh, we should all be concerned. And uh, it's not just the Ukraine. It's that it keeps happening. And I will say uh, this ties in also to his energy policy. You know, he empowered Russia with approving that pipeline in Russia. If, if, if Ukraine is taken over, Europe will be nearly solely dependent on, on oil and gas from Russia. They will use that as a lever on and off to make the entire, <laughs> every country in Europe dependent and compliant on what Russia wants to do. Uh, this, is, this is heading into a major, major international issue uh, that will be uh, make our world more dangerous. I hope it doesn't happen, but indications are uh, that's where we're going. I also hope it doesn't happen, Congressman. Uh, here back at home, uh, inflation continues to be an issue. Empty store shelves continue to be an issue. Uh, what is the best way to attack this? What is the next move the White House should make? Um, as we keep on seeing those pictures, a, a lot of pictures that are similar to you know the week before lockdowns in 2020, uh, some of these pictures you're seeing on social media. We just had another baby in, the, in December, so I've been at the grocery stores more than I, I usually am, and uh, shocked by the prices and shocked by the amount of empty shelves. I mean, it's it's something I don't think we've seen in a very, very long time. And uh, so we have clearly a supply chain crisis, um, and it's uh, there's it's it's been a result in my mind of policies uh, during COVID, uh, incentivizing people uh, not not to work. Uh, these very lucrative incentives that we gave and some of the COVID relief which made it much more lucrative not to work. And, and some of those benefits are still going on, and it's just kind of throwing a wrench in the, in the, in the normal economy. Uh, so we got to do everything we can to incentivize people to get back to work. Uh, we also have to, uh, we have to be aggressive on some of these policies in regards to the um, freight freighting, uh, especially on the West Coast. Uh, that's caught, We have a lot of empty freighters that are going back, and, and, uh, and we need to, we need to resolve that issue. We also, uh, there's some policies in California in particular, the state, that are, are, are screwing up the, um, the supply chain and what's coming in the country. There are um, some really onerous union, union policies that uh, make it difficult for truckers uh, to be able to be nimble enough to go where they need to go. Uh, those are things we, we need to do. I, I tell you, another thing that just happened, I believe it, it uh, took place yesterday, uh, requiring... Uh, vaccinations of truckers coming from Canada, um, uh, that is a big issue that's going to be another, that's going to be going in the wrong direction now if a trucker can't bring supplies over unless they're fully vaccinated. Um, to allow some sort of testing option uh, if, if you're not fully vaccinated. But we, we need every trucker driving in this nation uh, and bringing uh, supply to and fro. Uh, so there's a lot to do because it's, it's taken a long time uh, and it's, it's unfortunately not going to happen overnight. Uh, but I think on a longer term, uh, this goes to, you know, what we need to find ways to be less dependent on China. <laughs> we, uh, we get too much stuff 
from China. Uh, we have too much serious supplies like uh, pharmaceuticals. We need to find a way to reshore them back here. Uh, semiconductor, chip conductors, we need to find a way to get them manufactured here. Uh, but we just can't be uh, so dependent on that nation anymore. Uh, that's an, a long-term issue that we have to resolve. What do you think of this idea floated by some on the other side of the aisle, as well as some in the media at CNN and the New York Times, this idea of government control um, of prices of food and gas? Well, you know, I think that uh, you can point to examples in history of uh, price controls, and they are uh, always counterproductive. They always uh, cause uh, uh, unintended consequences that are often are worse than the thing you're trying to solve. And, you know, the, the problem with uh, the price of gasoline is not uh, the need to uh, put a price control. The price problem is that this president came in and in day one uh, turned upside down uh, a very robust, strong energy economy and all of, all of the above economy that made us a net exporter, uh, more uh, energy independent than we've ever done. I mean, the first thing he did on day one is he killed the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, you know, that substantively really um, dried up a major source of oil and gas, but it also sent a major tone uh, message to uh, the industry. This is what the Biden administration is going to do, and, they, and, and this is the tax they're going to take uh, in terms of overreaching regulation in, in you know they kill the keystone pipeline but approve a pipeline uh, going a, a russian pipeline that is far dirtier than what we produce uh, making it much more hard for natural gas um, so look i'm for green energy i i'm electric i think that we will continue to head in that direction but to think we are not going to be uh, uh, needing oil and gas uh, we're going to need them for a good long while, and that, especially natural gas, that is our transition fuel as we move to a more green economy. So um, we need, uh, again, a reset of this administration or a new administration that has a much more pragmatic uh, uh, approach towards our energy. And we are seeing this. We are not seeing There's nowhere we're seeing inflation more than at the pump, and that's impacting. That's a tax every single week. Um, I, 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 an individual goes to fill up and to be able to go to work or take their kids to school, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is really a tax across the board, and uh, we, we have to we have to get a, a more reasonable uh, a policy on this. Congressman, this week uh, the um, federal government rolled out the testing program where you can sign up and get four uh, rapid tests sent to your house. Uh, what do you think of that? Pro- I mean, again, these are tests that we won't see until February. What do you think of the program and the rollout of it? Well, he's been, he's been behind the curve. You know, he had the opportunity to acquire t- uh, uh, a significant number of tests uh, many, many months ago, um, and he didn't act on it, he being the president. And now, again, like almost every policy, they're playing catch-up, reacting to a consequence of a poor decision in the past, now trying to make it better. So now he's trying to show the leadership that he's going to buy all these tests. But by the time they come, you know, Omicron will probably be uh, history. I mean, so, uh, you know, they're, they're slowly coming. It's helpful. I will say I'm a little disturbed that I see a lot of the tests are made in China. But, uh, you know, uh, this is consistent with the Biden administration. So, 
um, I, I give them low marks um, for for how they're rolling this thing out. Uh, look, they they have they have been generally a failure on the the whole COVID policy. I mean, we've had more deaths in 2021 uh, than in 2020, and we have a, we have the vaccine in, in 2021. So um, I, I you know he probably thinks he overperformed there. I, I take issue with that. Congressman, Bills play at 6.30 tonight. What are you looking for? Oh, I'm very excited. We're going to win and uh, excited to have us come back next week. Uh, this is just uh, last, last week's game was like no other. Uh, and I'm just thrilled for the, the town and our team and go Bills. Go Bills. Hey, Congressman Jacobs, uh, congratulations on the addition to your family. And thank you for joining me this Sunday morning. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That is Congressman Chris Jacobs joining us, talking about everything going on at the federal level. When we come back, there was an announcement of plans by the state uh, of what to do with the Kensington Expressway. Majority Leader, Assemblywoman Crystal People-Stokes was there with Governor Hochul and Congressman Brian Higgins. And she will join us after news with Neil McManus here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back it is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN, the final segment. I like to always say that. Uh, it is Hardline. It is Sunday. We are seven hours from kickoff, so uh, I know it's going to move by very slowly. That that last seven hours, just waiting for kickoff. Uh, but we are uh, we are going along here on Hardline. And yesterday, uh, plans were announced for um, bringing the uh, the thirty three and. and, and uh, Getting rid of that where it had carved out in the middle of the uh, the community and to talk with us about that is the majority leader, Assemblywoman Crystal Peoples-Stokes. Uh, Assemblywoman, good morning. Good morning and go Bills. Go Bills indeed. Um, now yesterday the governor was in town. You were there as well to uh, announce these changes to the Kensington Expressway. What exactly uh, will be happening on the thirty three? Well, first and foremost, an uh, environmental impact study has to happen, which we have been trying to get done for like the last 10 years. 
this is not a new issue. People have been aware for a long time that it destroyed the economy, impacted the health of the people, and doesn't allow the community to be connected. Um, but it's taken this long to get us to a point where, you know, the governor of the state of New York can stand up in front of cameras and microphones and say the resources to do an environmental impact study will happen and this project will go forward. Um, the way things are structured, you have to have that study before you can get to getting access to the federal dollars that um, President Biden and, you know, folks have put together in the infrastructure program. You don't have the EIS study done, you can't get access to those infrastructure dollars. And I'm sure you also know that some of those infrastructure dollars are specifically designed to reconnect communities that have been um, disconnected in the past. And how long do we uh, think that study will take? Well, I'm anticipating because we're so far along on um, looking into this as an issue that it should not take more than three to five months. And looking at the the 33, the Kingsley 10 Expressway as it is now, um, where would where would we be seeing the adjustments? Where would we be seeing the change to the expressway? Well, what we would see immediately in in a phased approach is the covering of the expressway from Best Street to East Ferry, and then of course the next phase uh, I would imagine should go to East Delavan, and then of course you need to go all the way to. Uh, Delaware Park at some point to reconnect the Olmstead designs and the communities. And, and when you say a covering, does that mean that we will still have a expressway, but it will not impact uh, those communities from coming together? Absolutely. Um, it, this has happened in many many cities across the country where um, highways have been tunneled, and that's exactly what will happen. As you know, so, some seventy thousand cars use that route every day getting back and forth from downtown and then back out to the suburban community. So it's, it's not like you can take 70,000 cars and send them other places in order to get downtown. Uh, that's not practical. But what is practical is simply cover it. And that stage, that area from best to ferry is the deepest part, which makes a lot more sense for it to be covered than, as opposed to just covered up. And from those in the community, um, are they in favor of this? Have you spoken with some uh, that will uh, that live right along the 33? Oh, absolutely. There's an organization called Restore Our Community. They have been operating for the last 15 years. They have raised money. They have done studies. They had UB do a study some years ago. They're a very active group that have been working on this. Absolutely. And so after the environmental study um, is completed, um, we will start to see the changes on the uh, on the 33. And it's it's so it's it's mostly after the 198 breaks off. Right. Is this the part that we are talking about? It's going to be seeing most of this money. Um, well, no, what, what we're talking about immediately is from best to East Ferry. I'm not sure what the plan is for the next stage of it. I do know that there has to be additional phases, but I, I don't think that they're included in this piece of it. I mean, I'll say this, the, the covering of it, I think that's a lot different than what some people were expecting it to be completely eliminated. Um, after after this is looked into, you know, we also have heard from Congressman Higgins, who was there yesterday, uh, about eliminating or making changes to the 198. Do you see that as a practical next move after this is done on the Kensington Expressway? I think after the Kensington is complete, that's absolutely a practical next move, but I don't think it should be included in the planning. 
I think that was just the, the later process. All right. Now, also yesterday, the uh, governor was asked uh, about the COVID strategy. And before we let you go, I would like to know uh, your thoughts on how the state is conducting itself with the uh, with COVID and mandates here in New York State. Well, I think we're doing better um, than we were. Um, this is more than just a cold. It is still taking people out. And so um, I'm hopeful that, you know, at some point in the near future, that perhaps the mandates will be removed. Although, to be honest, I think there are a lot of people who will be masked for quite a while. And I, 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 I can't let you go before asking you this. You know, uh, Governor Hochul took over at the end of August. How would you uh, grade Governor Hochul's job as governor so far? Uh, I would grade her as an A+. I think what she's doing for citizens of the state of New York is demonstrating that leadership at the executive level doesn't always have to come from downstate and that she can get the job done, and that's exactly what she's doing. So I'd give her an A+. Now, Assemblywoman, also in the city of Buffalo this week, we, we did see a, a lot of concern over the snow removal. Uh, schools closed for two days after the storm. Um, what are your thoughts on what happened this week and how it should be addressed going forward? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not um, privy to the internal operations of public works in the city of Buffalo or the Buffalo School District. But I will say this. Uh, when the snow is gone, all the buildings will be in place. Most people will still be living. Nothing will be blown away. Uh, it's snow. This is Buffalo. And, and it, it, it does sometimes slow things down, but it doesn't stop things from moving forward. And so I, I say we keep moving forward. And obviously, before I let you go, the, the, the question everyone's uh, going to be asking today, 6.30 tonight, Bills kicking off against the Chiefs. What are you predicting? Are the Bills bringing the AFC Championship home? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Bills win tonight. I hope so. I hope so. Hey, Assemblywoman, I know you had a busy uh, Sunday morning. I really appreciate you joining me for a little time and uh, talking about the changes. And when that environmental study's done, hopefully we can have you back on here to talk about that first phase. That'd be my pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. That is Assemblywoman Crystal People-Stokes. She is also the majority leader in the New York State Assembly. So that answered a lot of the questions on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Because a lot of the texts were, well, what, you know, how am I going to get downtown? How am I going to get to the airport? The 33 is not going anywhere. The Kensington Expressway is not going anywhere. It is going to be covered to bring those communities together. And uh, as she said, we're seeing that more and more throughout the United States, right? We're seeing that more and more in uh, in big cities and the environmental study now, she says, will take about three to five months. Um, and then we will see that first phase, which will be from Best Street to Ferry Street. And like I said, I, I hope once the environmental study is done and we know this project is going to start, uh, hopefully she will join us. Hopefully in three to five months, we have uh, in guests, uh, or in-studio guests and we can uh, be having that discussion in, in person. Um, but we will see as we go forward. And uh, again, Governor Kathy Hochul here yesterday to make those announcements. And as the Assemblywoman said, that money is coming from the $3 billion set aside on the federal level um, for infrastructure. So we will see that uh we will see that work out, and uh, we will obviously be getting opinions on that. I, I think, though, this plan, if I could put my uh, my commentary in, I think this plan, I think a lot of people are happy to hear her say this is going to be a covered roadway. It's not eliminating the roadway, and I know that's something that the great Sandy Beach talked about, uh, covering certain parts of the 33 uh, when we've had this discussion before. So it'll be uh, interesting to see that go forward, and again, I think it, I think 
in the way that this plan has gone. And again, Governor Kathy Hochul being from Buffalo, she knows uh, she knows that people use the 33 and having people like the assemblywoman uh, there and Congressman Higgins. Um, obviously something that uh, they have talked about for a while. So when we come back, we will... Uh, we will wrap it all up. We'll talk about uh, what to look forward this week here on Hardline, back after this on WBEN. Welcome back. It's the final segment here of Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, if you missed any of the show, obviously you can find that on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. And uh, a lot of stuff covered in the show today, as usual, the Williamsville situation, uh, the county situation when it comes to COVID. Also, um, on a national front, we talked about the president's first year with Congressman Chris Jacobs. Uh, Congressman Jacobs bringing up the issue in Ukraine that has been getting a lot of uh, focus uh, since the president's press conference on Wednesday, and also uh, the Kensington Expressway and the changes that we uh, will be seeing to that soon after a um, environmental study. Uh, and the Assemblywoman seems to uh, think that that um, environmental study is going to uh, take three to five months, which, uh, which is good, which means we'll be seeing um, a lot of progress on the 33 in five months, right? Um, the state's already got the money put aside for it and all that. Now, as I said, the congressman talked about the situation going on in the Ukraine, in Russia. Here are a, um, here's a few wrap-ups of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken um, after talks with his Russian counterpart. Again, you heard the congressman doesn't sound uh, doesn't sound too optimistic that um, things won't intensify overseas. Here's uh, here's a few clips from ABC. Uh, ABC's Patrick Relville uh, talking about the tension and the discussions in Ukraine. We just got back from the front line in eastern Ukraine, where if an invasion happens, that would be ground zero. Russia has repeatedly denied it will attack Ukraine, but it is continuing to mass troops, with more arriving almost daily. A senior Ukrainian commander telling us that there are now 127,000 Russian soldiers near the borders. We just got back from the front line. A senior Ukrainian commander telling us that there are now 127,000 Russian soldiers near the borders. The U.S. and European countries trying to increase support for Ukraine. Germany saying today it will send a field hospital. The question now is what Russia will do next week when the U.S. sends these written responses to its demands. I was told teams here are making preliminary plans to send U.S. troops to NATO countries in Eastern Europe if Putin invades. President Biden had threatened that, and they want to make sure they are ready just in case. There were no major breakthroughs this week. The Russians writing after the talks that ignoring their concerns will, quote, have the most serious consequences. But they suggested they could be open to meeting again next month. And in an effort to keep talks going, the White House agreed to give Russia a written response to its proposals, arguing that's typical. And that's Mary Ellis Parks in Washington. So you heard from Patrick Revel in Ukraine and Mary Ellis Parks at the White House and the, the, the language being used from the White House. Also the language um, or the reality on the ground in the Ukraine as 
Russian troops are uh, are showing up at the border again. Uh, a, a tense situation that um, I, I think a lot of Americans' focus started being on this week after the president brought it up in his press conference and all the language uh, afterward. As I said, uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken did go overseas to talk to his Russian counterpart. Uh, it'll be it'll be. Um, all eyes will be on how that situation unfolds, and obviously we will get keep you up to date here on News Radio 930 WBEN with news at the top and bottom of every hour. Um, as you know, hopefully uh, things ease, tensions ease, but um, whatever is to happen, we um, will be on top of it with uh, our great local newsroom here, and obviously with our help from ABC, um, who again is on the ground in the Ukraine. So uh, another busy week, right? We can't get a week off of just nonstop breaking in situations. Um, It just, it's always busy, busy. But here in Western New York, here in Western New York, we've got the Buffalo Bills, right? And I always say this about sports, it, it, it takes your mind off reality for a few hours. And we are lucky to have that break from reality here in Western New York with the Buffalo Bills taking the field at 6.30. And if you missed it yesterday, if you were busy, uh, if you didn't follow up, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tennessee Titans, which means the winner of today's game at 6.30 hosts the AFC Championship game. L- yesterday, all the underdogs won. Well, there were two games. Both underdogs won, right? So, hey, let's continue that trend today. Bills being the uh, the three seed, playing the two seed. Let's see if uh, we can keep the underdogs uh, winning and get that home game next week in Orchard Park. It's going to be a close game. I think too many people expect this game to look like it did in week five uh, in Kansas City. It's a much better Kansas City team. I would argue it's also a much better Bills team, right? The Bills have gone through their ups and downs. I think this Bills team is playing... Uh, playing some of the best football they've played all season, as we saw last week. Both teams coming off huge at-home victories in in round one, so it'll be interesting. Hopefully you're uh, gathering with family and friends to watch the game this evening, and you know tomorrow morning, right? Where If it's a Bills victory, you'll hear it in our voices, and if the Bills don't win, well, let's not even, let's not even go to that. When the Bills win tomorrow, it'll be a celebratory uh, mood here in the WBEN studios. We will be back, as I said, starting at 5 a.m. tomorrow, hopefully talking about a victory with a new morning with Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski, Bemaz and Beamer 9 to 10, David Bellavia 10 to 2, Tom Bowerly 2 to 6, and Buffalo's Evening News with Tom Puckett. Meet the Press with Chuck Todd is coming right up here on News Radio 930 WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.